good to see you all here on this beautiful fall day. We have had a wonderful fall, haven't we? Oh, it's beautiful. But uh, winter is coming. And uh, let's see, today is the 18th. Christmas is about two months away. So start your Christmas shopping. Who said that? Somebody said they're already done. That's right. Two weeks we change the clocks. Uh, what, November 1st, is it? Yeah. So we fall back an hour. So we get an extra hour of sleep. That will be nice. And then right after that is election day and hopefully Things will settle down a little bit, but no guarantee. Well, we have no birthdays today, but we do have an anniversary. Paul and Karen Baker's anniversary is today. Do you know, Christine, do you know how many years? 34. 34 years. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So happy birthday to, happy birthday, happy anniversary to Karen and Paul. So that's wonderful. Uh, there is... Uh, just a, a little sidelight, there is voters guides back on the, the table. Uh, Nancy supplied some. I didn't know Nancy was getting some and I called family council and, and requested some also. So there should be plenty back there for you. Uh, you will need a magnifying glass to, to read it. It's, there is so many candidates and the, the print is so small and because it's colored, you know, they have to use red and, and, and blue the, the, some of the letters sort of get drowned out in there. So you have to really look at it carefully. But uh, there's voters guys back there and it has some good information. So, so pick one up. Even, even if you know who you're voting for already, take one along. Maybe you'll find somebody that's undecided and you can pass that on to them. And that's what they're there for. So please help yourself. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to, to uh, relate. Um, is Bill here today? Bill Kettering? I don't see him. Okay. Joel, can I talk to you after worship just a little bit? Not right now. <laughs> right after worship. And, and Mel also. Okay. Where's Mel? Back there. Okay. All right. Well, let's get our worship service started. And our first hymn is easy to find. It's the second page in the hymnal. Number two, come thou fount of every blessing. Let's stand and sing number two. When, well, that's okay. We're not in a big hurry. <laughs> that's good, Stan. <laughs> well, let's look at our... Our prayer ministry guide, Christine, do you have anything that you need to update us on? Okay, remember, I hold the microphone if I don't pull it apart here. Yeah, I'd like to add a friends of ours on a, to have special prayer today, especially for Vicki Sicker. Uh, she's having brain surgery on Tuesday oh. of this oh. week. Vicki has been dealing with cancer for quite some time. Now she has to have surgery again, and her husband, Ermel, 
That's ERML, Ermer Sicker. He's also dealing with cancer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he, his lymph nodes are getting very swollen here. He has a huge lymph node. And he showed me. I saw them on Saturday. And big problems. Yeah. And I said, oh, we've got to pray for you. He said, oh, Christine, thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. Pray for Vicki and I both. Okay. So that's exactly what I'm doing for them. Absolutely. Right now, yes. Absolutely. And uh, that would be it. Okay. Other updates have been made, up to my knowledge. Okay. And I'm trying, Susan and I try our best, and Pastor Sandy, with keeping this up to date. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it is, from what I see, it is kept up to date pretty well. So, uh, anyone else? would like to share. Oh, Harriet. Oh, that's your middle name, isn't it? Now put your mask up. Uh, our granddaughter, Sherry, she had the virus. She went back to work last week. Good. And Rodney, they're still doing testing on him. He's due for a bone marrow test, and they can't find what's wrong, and they think it might be something rare, so uh, that's all I know. Okay. So he's just still, he has a cough he can't get rid of, and so okay. they're still testing. Okay. Well, you've come to the right place because we talked to the great physician here. Who else? Nancy? read yesterday Franklin Graham's asking the nation uh, for prayer and fasting on October next Sunday next 20th, Sunday 25th and for preparation for our election okay and our yeah. nation yeah very necessary Mrs. Long tomorrow TJ is seeing a girl by the name of Ashley, and she was in an accident with, I uh -huh. think, Kendra Nydeek maybe two years ago, and they're going to take her hip out or something and shave it and put it back in, and she's going to Lancaster Orthopedics. Oh, gosh. So, Ashley. Okay. Anyone else? Pastor Sandy, do you have anybody you, or anything you have to pass on? Oh, thank you. Uh, you will see uh, down on that second page, uh, Evelyn Tucker, age 95. Um, lives in Pittsburgh. This is Pastor Ryan's great-grandmother. And um, he first called me. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so last Sunday, last Sunday's bulletin says that I'm going to preach today, okay? Well, Ryan said to me last Sunday, he says, our schedule's all messed up. And I go, yeah, I agree. Uh <laughs> He said, let me preach next week and try to get back on schedule. I said, well, that's fine. Well, then he called me Wednesday. He called me Monday. 
He called me, actually called me Monday and Tuesday, but then by Wednesday, he's saying, I don't think that my uh, great-grandmother is going, she's not going to make it um, <laughs> uh, more than a day or something. And I said, well, you know, you never know. I've seen people like this survive for a month. And he says, well, they're already talking about a service next week sometime, which would be like tomorrow or the next day. I have not heard that his great-grandmother had passed away, but that was sort of the expectation. And I, and I, told, I told Pastor Ryan, this was one pastor talking to another pastor, I said, you know, God's in charge of that stuff, and sometimes it doesn't work the way we think. I said, but I, here, I will cover until you guys are through this. And so I presume he's in, in uh, Pittsburgh today uh, with family, and um, that, uh, that, that somewhere along the line he will let me know. And Christine, probably what I'll do, if I find out that she has passed, we can call that through the parachain. Well, again, I apologize to everybody. I'm old, and I don't remember names. So we all heard names. We all heard what we have to hear. And God knows even before we say it. So forgive me if I don't mention names during the prayer, but let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are indeed the great physician. And as Exodus says, you are the God that heals. Lord, we believe that. We know that. We have seen miracles performed by you where there's no other explanation for what is going on other than a miracle. And who performed miracles but you? And thank you for that. Lord, you've heard various names mentioned here this morning. People who are suffering from the virus, people who are going to have bone marrow transplants, people who are looking forward to seeing you face to face. Lord, you know about all of them. You know about every single one. You know more than we know because you are the great one. And thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you care for us and you are willing to listen to our prayers and act upon them. We trust in you, God. Who else can we turn to but to you? And Lord, we not only pray for people close to us, we pray for people throughout the world, people who are suffering oppression, people who are your, your, your followers. And we especially think of those in Nigeria, Lord, who are undergoing great oppression. Lord, stand in, stand in the gap. Stretch your mighty arm and protect those people. Give them great faith. Improve their faith. And give them great perseverance. We pray especially for those folks. And not only them, Lord, that there's other Christians throughout the world, near and far, who need your protection. Keep them faithful, Lord. As our first hymn says, we are prone to wonder. Don't let us 
wander, Lord. We love you, and you love us. And Lord, we pray especially again for our country. Lord, this country has fallen away, and we need to get back on track. And that track is your track. Help us, Lord. Open our eyes, open our hearts. Let us see your wonderful glory. Thank you, Lord. Bless this congregation, Lord. Bless his pastors and bless Pastor Ryan as he travels to and from Pittsburgh to visit his great-grandmother. We wish him well. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, your mercies. In, these, in this we pray in Jesus' holy name, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And he said, well, you know, we're, we're way off of uh, schedule because I preached two Sundays back when and then he was supposed to preach two Sundays and he's still in a row and he still hasn't done that and he knows it and so he's been looking at the calendar and then he had October 4th. October 4th was when he preached at uh, East Fairview as a candidate and they voted for him and he got a 90... Did it, See, I haven't seen the letter. <laughs> I go, Ryan, you need to send me a copy of that letter. Anyway, he, did that letter say he got a 98% approval over there? 90, 98%. I, I don't know that I even had that at Coventry. I, I said to the Lord um, when I can, so I was in Ohio, went, went and preached at Coventry, 518 miles and so I go you know if it's only 66% I'm not going or if it's 80% I'm not going I said Lord in my heart it's 95% and if they if they vote 95% then, then I will accept that as a call and I, I think there was of all those people at Coventry I think there was like two people that voted that didn't like me. And you know what those, those, those two people, what their job was? Their job was to keep me humble. <laughs> you know, yeah, I didn't have a 100% vote. Once in a while I hear somebody got a 100% vote. Somebody wasn't thinking, you know. Um, and, and so I was sort of amazed, you know, okay. You know, so I accepted the call at Coventry. This was back in the year 2000. And uh, then I told my congregation in Bradford, Ohio, I said, uh, you know, um, I'm, 
you know, as of, and I told them the date, I'm, I'm resigned and have received a call to uh, go preach elsewhere. And they all laughed because they, they were sure I was just joking with them. I go, oh, no, I'm not joking, folks. <laughs> you, know, and I, you know, I thought that was sort of funny that they thought I was kidding them. I go, I go no, nah, 25 years is long enough. <laughs> and it was. It, it, was time, it was time to move. Um, anyway, Pastor Ryan, beginning January 1, will be pastor at East Fairview, um, a fairly large congregation. That's as large as Coventry was when I went there, uh, over 200. A um, lot of young families, a lot of children. Um, I th you know, and I really see uh, the Lord opening up the opportunity for him. But I'll tell you what, Ryan's ministry here, I know, has been invaluable to him because he, he's not going into to the East Fairview ministry w w without a clue uh, b because he has some experience. And if you don't have that experience, well, yeah, you're going to learn everything the hard way. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I had three years as uh, a student minister uh, years ago in Ohio. Um, I'm glad that uh, I learned a lot of things from another minister. Um, I, saw, I saw that man break out in hives. The deacons pecked on the minister so bad he broke out in hives one night. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, were those, were those deacons very merciful? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, he had these red blot by the end of the meeting. He had these red blotches all over his face and his body. And it, it took him two weeks to get over all those blotches. Um, so when I became a pastor, I go, and I kept looking at the deacons, I go, yeah, I know you deacons are not always as nice as what you think. <laughs> I saw what they did over there in that other church, you know. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, that was true of the it was true of the church I pastored. There was there was some honorary ones in there too, you know, and uh, they got tough on me a couple times, uh, had me in tears a couple times. Uh, one of my one of the and this is a segue into the message. One time. I heard about this, that there was one of the deacons who uh, uh, he was having relational troubles, couldn't get along with some other folks in the congregation. Of course, you, know, you don't know anybody like that, do you? Um, and I said something about forgiveness or something, and, and this good old deacon which was old enough to be my father, and I'm just a kid. I'm in my late 20s, all right? <laughs> he says, I don't need to forgive them unless they ask. And I go, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he was reading the Bible very much. 
Because there's a bunch of stuff in there about forgiveness. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you know, in my, you know, I didn't, I did not rebuke the, you know, Bible says don't rebuke an elder. You know, he was my elder. He was, he was way older than me, you know. But I just happened to know more than he did when it come to, to some of it about forgiveness. And uh, I'm amazed, you know, and I begin to pray for him. You know, and you look, you look at people and they, you know, they, they say things like that and you know it's not quite right. You know it's not. And you go, Lord, how do you feel about, you know, how did, how did that make the Lord feel? And, uh, and I began to pray for him. And then his, this deacon's wife, she got obnoxious with, with my wife, and that made me mad. <laughs> and so she was praying for the wife, and I was praying for the husband, you know, and, and, they, and they weren't the only ones that were deacons that were causing some chaos. <laughs> I can't believe this. Anyway, that man who had been a deacon for years, he, he had grown up Lutheran, so he had been baptized as a baby, came into the Church of the Brethren by letter of transfer, all right, and then was elected as a deacon. One Sunday, this man came to me as a deacon, he came to me and said, you know, I really need to be baptized. And as far as I know, he's the only deacon I've ever baptized. A man that was a deacon that I baptized had the privilege of that. And let me tell you, there, there was a turning point there. Whatever motivated him, whatever the desire of his heart was, and that the whole thing of, you know, well, I don't need to forgive them unless they ask, you know, that kind of thing. That he got, that he, that he worked his way through that. And did, was it my prayer or maybe, it was, maybe there was other people praying for him too, I don't know. Um, but we need, you know, the, the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches you to pray for whoever you see and whoever you know. And, and if you got a concern, you go, you go to the Lord on it. You know, don't go gossiping. And, and you know, I didn't tell any of the other deacons what, what he said. You probably are the first ones to ever hear that story, you know. And, and he's long gone now. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He's, he, uh, he died a number of years ago. Uh, after we left Ohio. Um, but, to, but to know that God used that man, irrespective of what he said. And so it's not where, where necessarily where you're at right now. It's, that's the issue. The issue is where, you, where are you going to end up? And, and the relationship you have of following Jesus now is that going, are you going to get, are you going to follow Jesus closer so that when you end up, wherever you end up, that you will be closer to Jesus than what you are now? I hope so. And that as you go along, that God will use the stuff of your everyday life 
to work a passion in you to follow him, to love him, to obey him, and to do, to do things his way. And that's really sort of uh, working out the message today. Forgiveness. Very foundational. Forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is mentioned a couple hundred times in the scriptures. I didn't look them all up, <laughs> but I looked a lot of them up. And uh, so let's begin in the Bible this morning by turning, let's turn first to Ephesians, and I think part of these are listed in the bulletin there. Ephesians chapter 4, there's a verse I want you to be aware of. Ephesians chapter 4, clear to the end of that chapter. Ephesians 4, the very last verse. And, and by the way, uh, always be aware of the other verses around. I don't always uh, read that, read the whole context. Uh, and a lot of times that's because of time. So here's a verse. It's a good one to memorize. Ephesians 4.32. Uh, let me interject what the King James says. Be ye kind. The, the ye is what? There's no other English translation like the King James knowing whether he's talking to one person or whether he's talking to a whole group of people. The word Y-E is always a group, always. Never a single person. So when it says be ye kind, which is directly from the Greek, all of you as a group be kind to one another. I don't feel like it. <laughs> By the way, sometimes I don't feel like it. I'm confessing, you know, publicly confessing. Yeah, I don't always feel like being kind to people. I'm just like you. You don't always feel like being kind to people, right? Now, there may be a few people out there. I've met some people that I go, wow. I, I knew a man that never raised his voice to his children. He, his wife said, I've never, she said about her husband, I've never seen him mad. I go, wow, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. But you're to do it, whether we feel it or not. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Yeah, don't be hard-hearted. That's the opposite. Don't be hard-hearted. Be tender-hearted. Here's the word, forgiving. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The same way God forgave you in the Lord Jesus Christ, you Turn around, because you received it, you can do it. If you've received it, you can do it. All right? By the way, if you, wow, there's a whole room, that, that door to open to open. I'm not going to preach that, but that'd make a good sermon sometime. Uh, if you've received a healing from the Lord, 
you understand some things that other believers don't necessarily understand. And you can turn around and you can pray for others. And I would suggest that you go to them personally if you have opportunity to lay your hand on them and pray for them to receive the kind of healing you received. Lord, just as you're not a respecter of persons, Lord, the way you heal me, you heal them. There's a lot of things like that. You can't give it until you receive it. But once you receive it, yeah. If you have received salvation, you're a candidate for leading others to Christ. <laughs> you lead them to the same Savior that you found. It works the same way, all right? Then uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read now uh, from uh, Matthew uh, 18. And I wasn't going to use this passage at all, but about Two o'clock in the morning this morning, I go, you know, I'm going to use it. Matthew 18, uh, the, the middle of that, and I'm going to read just a part of it now, and, and uh, as I get into the message, I'll read the rest of it. Uh, the passage about the kingdom of heaven is like the king who wanted to settle accounts. This is Matthew 18, verse 23. Let's read that little section. And this is the heart of the king. And I believe this is the heart of the king who is our Lord and Savior. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 says, Therefore, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents now it doesn't say silver or gold or whatever talents is weight a talent is like a hundred pounds so if it's gold it would be like ten thousand times a hundred pounds <laughs> this is a pile of money <laughs> millions of dollars all right but he was not able to pay I wonder why he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold and that his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be, may be made. And the servant fell down before him, before the king, saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Now, I want, I want to settle it, but I can't right now. Can you give me some time? Let me try. All right. Can you hear, hear the, the cry of the man's heart? Then the master of that servant moved with compassion. Uh, some translations would say mercy. Released him and forgave him the debt. Don't miss the word released him. Right there, I believe, is a definition of forgiveness uh, that's in the Bible that you're not going to find. Uh, I'll tell you what, I was amazed. You know, sometimes I check in a sermon, I'll go out there on the internet, and then, so I just typed in forgiveness. <laughs> 
uh, some really good sermons, but way better than my sermons, all right? And, and you can go out and you can look at that. <laughs> you know, I don't mind if you go look at that sermons on the internet. But then there's all this stuff that has nothing to do with the Lord and they're trying to tell you what forgiveness is and it's like the blind leading the blind. They, they miss that one right there. What is it? Released him. Released him and forgave the debt. Let's pray quickly. Father in heaven, we thank you, Father, for your word. Open our hearts and minds to your word and open your word to our hearts and minds. Father, I pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful book. Uh, We pray it, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. All right. The Lord's forgiveness toward us. Will he forgive us? Our forgiveness toward others, will will we forgive them? Others' forgiveness toward us, will they forgive us? Go back in the Old Testament here. Uh, Let's let's go back there to uh, Exodus, toward the end of Exodus. And uh, we're, we're, we're treasure hunting for forgiveness, all right? Exodus uh, 33 and 34. Oh, do you know what's there? You ought to know what's there. Exodus 30, end of 33, beginning of chapter, Exodus chapter 34. And uh, yeah, this, this I would consider a cardinal passage regarding the mercy studies, but, um, but you need, I want you to see the forgiveness in this. And um, because, let me make a statement. I believe that God himself is the supreme standard. You could say the gold standard. You know, some of us maybe would remember back when our money was on the gold standard. I remember money that had gold certificate. Now, it was more common when I was in high school to the money said silver certificate. Well, that was backed up by silver. But the, when we were on the gold standard, that gold was a standard throughout the world. All right. Well, God, when it consider, when you talk about forgiveness, God is the standard. And if you want to know about forgiveness, see what God says and what God does about forgiveness. So here's this passage. End of, end of uh, Exodus uh, chapter 33 and look at it, verse 18. Moses says please, to, to the Lord, please show me your glory. So remember that forgiveness connects to the glory of God. Yes, it connects to the mercy of God, but it connects to the glory of God. Then he said, and this is the Lord speaking, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion 
on whom I will have compassion. By the way, that's a family of words that's connected to the word mercy, along with long-suffering, some other words. Goodness, even, is connected to mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. By the way, that's until the New Testament. That's the Old Testament. The Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and so it shall be while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my... That's, that's Hebrew, which I can't pronounce. <laughs> so that's what I do. I go... And by the way, it's translated, but I've never found a good translation. The only person I, I know that has come close to what I see going on in, in the Hebrew, out of the Hebrew lexicon, is, who was it, Lord? David Wilkerson, the guy that wrote uh, Cross and Swishblade, said, it's God's afterglow. So God said, I'll take away my hand and you can see the glow after I pass by. Of the glow of what? The glow of the glory. Go on into the next chapter, down to verse uh, 5. Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood there by, uh, with him there, that's Moses, and proclaimed the name of the... So the Lord is declaring his own name. <laughs> and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord... The Lord God, merciful, that's not said. that's another word, and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness, now that is the mercy word, that's said in the Hebrew, and truth. So that's a mercy and truth phrase there. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving, and look at it, forgiving, so this is a glory of God. So when you are talking about forgiving someone from your heart, you forgiving them, you know what? The glory of God glows. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Do you know that God has the power and authority to forgive and he has the power and authority to forgive me, and he has the power and authority to forgive you. And do you know that's a wonderful thing? And you, I've seen people walk around for years and years and years with a guilty conscience about something, not knowing how to deal with a guilty conscience, and you gotta go to the Lord. It's in the Lord you'll find relief. He says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and by no means clearing the guilty. Look, if you're really guilty, if you, if you stole, well, then, oh, you can go ahead and keep it, you know, and God will forgive you anyway. No, no, no. No, you need to make it right. You need What you stole, you need to give it back for crying out loud. 
right? Visiting, and look, if you don't deal with it, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Wow, yikes. Dear friends, come to the place and the one that has forgiveness. So Moses made haste, verse 8, bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we, he didn't just say all these other people, no, he included himself, we are a stiff-necked people. Are you a stiff-necked person? Well, my, my question really is, are you a sinner? <laughs> if you sin, have you done the sin more than once? Yeah, that's being stiff-necked. Yeah, I thought you repented of that. Well, you know, I did it again. That's stiff-necked. Lord, I'm stiff-necked. Yeah, I'm just like these people. We are a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Lord, if you're willing to have me, here I am. Stiff-necked as a sinner. Lord, but he said, behold, I make a covenant before all your people I will do marvels such as you have not that have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people among them whom you are shall see the work of the Lord for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. If you take the forgiveness out of the picture you take the glory of God and the miracle working of God out of the picture. No, no, no. You need the forgiveness right in there. Why? It'd be different if we weren't sinners. <laughs> but I am. Are you? Yeah, I see most of the head. You know, if you're going like this, you, know, you need to rethink that. <laughs> Forgiveness, key component of that. Go on into Second Chronicles. You know this passage. Might be the only verse in Second Chronicles you know. Second Chronicles 7, one verse there again. Second Chronicles chapter 7. And uh, yeah, it's about forgiveness. Guess what? It's about forgiveness. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and uh, verse 14. Now you need, probably need to go back and uh, you need to see in the verse 3 where it says that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. There's a lot of good stuff in this passage. Verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name, are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, you're called by the name of Christ. All right. Who are called by my name will humble, that's being here and saying, I'm going to take my heart to here. And I'm going to take my heart to here. 
will humble themselves. You know, somebody else can humble you, but no, you humble yourself. If you humble yourself and pray, are you praying? And seek my face, Lord, I don't just sort of want to know that you're there. I just don't want to sort of believe you're there. I want to have that certainty that you are the true of the living God. And I know there's, God is with me. Seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. I wonder who that's talking about. Well, that's talking about all those stiff-necked, sinful people that we saw back there in Exodus. (laughs) Here's what the Lord says. Then I will hear from heaven and will what? will forgive their sin and in forgiving the sin, which is what? What did Jesus say it is? Releasing. What is the result of God releasing us from sin and the the guilt and the horribleness of sin? He releases, he forgives us what what ends up. It says, and will heal their land. Does our land need to be healed? I think so. And by the way, the election isn't going to solve that one. I don't care who's who's elected. We're going to get a sinner for president. (laughs) Did you know that? You say, well, some some sinners are... Worse than other sinners. Well, that could be. But I'm not worried. Because the Lord that I believe in, the God I believe in, he rules, my God rules, and he overrules. Aren't you glad that he overrules? I'm not worried. I'm praying. I got got more opinions than you care to know about when it comes to politics. (laughs) I leave my politics outside this building. And if you're a Democrat, you can think I'm a Republican. And if you're a Republican, you can think I'm a Democrat. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. But you, need, you do need to vote. Don't stay home. Or, or, or mail it in if, if, if you have that. realize the tremendous thing that happens when we can say God forgives our sin. Now, let's go to Psalms. Just, there is so much stuff about forgiveness in the Psalms. I can't bypass it all. I got to give you just two passages, Psalm 32 and Psalm uh, 86. Psalm 32, go there first. And uh, actually, this is a little bit more than I got marked on the bulletin, I think. Uh, Psalm 32, this, this is cardinal. This is repeated in the New Testament a number of places. And was, was something in Jesus' day that everybody knew, knew this in Psalm 32. Blessed is he... 
there's a blessing. You know, this is like a beatitude. Blessed is he whose transgression is what? Forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute. That's count as guilty. We're going to count up and we're going to see how much you owe. Does not impute iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all the day long for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. It was tough times, folks. I acknowledged, this is repentance, this is confessing sin. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. You know, if you really want to know my sins, pointedly, specifically, ask me. I try not to hide sins. Try. I hope you're the same way. You don't hide sins. Well, what if everybody finds out about my... Well, okay. (laughs) Maybe that'll help keep me humble. Huh? The knowledge of your sins can keep you, kept David humble. Bathsheba thing kept him humble for years, my, my. Knowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Isn't that wonderful? So you go through tough stuff, you go through hard times, you go through stuff where nothing works right, look close. And if your heart is crying out to God and you're willing to confess your sins to God and say, you know, God, you're right, that's a sin. That's what confession is, is saying, God, what you say is a sin and that is in me, it's a sin in me. That's what confession is. Go to Psalm 86. Sort of a companion passage. But this this one lays it out. uh, The forgiveness and a lowly heart. And if you don't have a lowly heart, there's probably not much you're going to ask for forgiveness for. (laughs) Because you're not going to admit that, yeah, I'm a sinner. (laughs) No, you have to come down out of that arrogancy of mine and say, you know, I'm right. And all of those folks are wrong. No, that's no way way to find God's forgiveness. Psalm 86 says, bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I'm poor and needy. Now, all of us are poor and needy some way. And if you can get in touch with that, 
that part of you that's poor and needy before God. We may be great, you know, especially with the Holy Spirit. There are riches in my heart and my life and wonderful things that God has done on my inside world. But I am still mortal. I am still prone to temptation. I am still challenged on a lot of things. And I am still just a little bit down the road of learning real, the reality of heaven. Just a, I just know a little bit. I know just, yeah, that's right, Lord. I know just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's like the guy with dynamite. How much do you know about it? Oh, I know a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's going to blow up in your face. Do you know you're needy? Do you know your need before the Lord? Do you know your poverty? It says, preserve my life, for I am holy. In other words, I'm not trying to go, go along with everybody else out there in the world. I want to be God's person. That's what it means to be holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trust in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord. For I cry to you all day long. No, that, not just five minutes at the, the prayer at the mealtime. No, no, this is when you're driving down the road. Did you know it's okay to pray driving down the road with your eyes open? You don't need to close your eyes when you're, when you're driving. You can keep your eyes open and pray. You pray all the time, all day long, it says. Rejoice the soul of your servant for you, O Lord. I lift up my soul for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. This God sets the example of being ready to forgive. That's your God. He's ready to forgive. Ready, forgive, and abundant in his said, in, in mercy. To who? To all those who call upon you. What I'm showing you here is an open door to God's forgiveness. Some people think that the door to God's forgiveness is closed. Well, who closed it? God didn't. Actually, the door is open, even if you thought it was closed. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is not God's bending the rules and grading on a curve. If the teacher, school teacher asked me, does God grade on a curve? In other words, if the whole class go, does bad on the test, then everybody gets an average grade. No, no, no. Well, we, all, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. God doesn't just overlook sin, arbitrarily making a few exceptions here and there. Of course, we think we would be the exceptions. <laughs> God does not show partiality or favoritism like we do. You know, we're selfish people, all right? And we, we have favoritisms. God doesn't do that 
partiality, favoritism. God ensures that the murderer will not get away.